Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to your week ahead with Mama Dada Astrology live right here on the My Astrology Coach Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the best time of your week ahead of time. Peace. Please, let's skip the music intro for today. I'm so, of course, glad to be back live in full effect right here on the My Astrology Coach Radio Network. Uh, we are live. We are ahead of time, as usual, um, discussing the, the transits, the astrological events in the week ahead, dated March the 20th, Sunday, through Clearly, you can see that that includes the 23rd, the dun-dun-dun, 23rd um, in between those two dates. And so that is the date of the penumbral lunar eclipse in Libra at three degrees, okay? So off top, mama's babies know if you have anything at three degrees Libra, give or take about five degrees, okay, on each either end of that third degree, or if you have anything directly opposite that in Aries, okay, that's where the sun is going to be. It's a full moon, so unlike the solar eclipse that we had a couple of weeks ago, well, a couple of weeks at the time of the full moon, um, where the sun and the moon were together, now they are apart. They are as far apart as they're going to get. They're directly opposite each other. So guess dealing with relationship themes, of course, um, when it's uh, together, we're dealing with relationship themes. When they're directly opposite, we're dealing with relationship themes. When they're square or in a cha- another challenging um, relationship with one another, we're dealing with the relationship either between you and another or between you and your other self for all intents and purposes, you and your either higher and lower self, you and your uh, shadow self, however you have heard it termed or choose to term it. It could be an internal uh, challenging situation that you're dealing with or a projection, external projection, okay? So I'm breaking it down a little more bare bones. You guys will see I am going to be taking a break, my own spring break here next week, so I will not be broadcasting next Wednesday before I get too far ahead, um, by the way, let me honor and respect, revere, and co- and shout out <laughs> our divine righteous ancestors, our shade, for without which whom we would not be here. And I'm so happy to be here, even amidst all the eclipse madness, so to speak. <laughs> um, I'm so thankful. And I'm so overwhelmingly thankful for Brother Ampu. He I I don't, there's not enough time (laughs) that I'm allowed in this slot to uh, say how many ways I'm so thankful to uh, Brother Ampu's Divine Essence and the entire MAC team. Together, we are a force, we are unstoppable, and um, it's just a real privilege to uh, travel this light road together. So, um, with that being said, I got to jump in, y'all. That's why I skipped the music because what I'm not going to do here, you'll see when I come back from the break, um, I'm not going to try to get everything 
within the show anymore. You'll find there in the episode information for each episode of the show, and within that text, I detail and outline every major transit that's occurring in the week ahead. I outline the dates they're occurring on. There's that little section is jam-packed full of so information, and it's just indicative of my style. Chalk full, the reports. My mama's babies will testify. They'll get on the air and testify that I am jam-packing these reports. And when we have our hour-long or 30-minute-long consultations, there's not enough time to talk about what you wanted to talk about. But we that's why the ones who have subscribed, um, they are getting a, a chance to take full advantage of a weekend, week-out, regular relationship that they're building up with a trusted and practicing astrologer, okay? So thank you, my mama's babies, y'all. I just think of them, you know, and the fact that we're rounding out these cycles, the cycles that started last eclipse season in September 2015, the cycle that we're rounding out with this full moon penumbral lunar eclipse in Libra that rounds out a much shorter cycle that started two, uh, what would be at the time two weeks ago at the solar new moon eclipse um, in Pisces. <laughs> oh, my Pisces, y'all are, it's, it's y'all's time in so many ways and so beautifully just because the sun is moving out of Pisces here next week and into Aries on the 20th, um, starting off some more cycles, clearly Aries season for approximately 30 days, and um, uh, on the longer-term spring equinox, the spring, the entire spring season is starting off. And so um, let me get a drink of water, you guys. I, I got to stay hydrated. This changing season haven't... <laughs> They've made it. It's made its mark on me, needless to say. So anybody out there dealing with allergies, shout out. <laughs> you know, we we working this thing out. But staying hydrated—that's a real Neptunian thing to do. Piscean, Pisces season. I told I, I don't tell y'all anything that I don't try to practice myself to the best of my ability. Um, I believe what I'm saying, and so I try with all my might to take my own advice. Uh, I just got through looking at my personal transit for the upcoming lunar eclipse um, because it's just just like I prepare my mama's babies for. When these things come up, it's a week ahead, a month ahead, however much ahead you want to be, um, hopefully not in an effort to try to detail, you know, control every second and detail of your life. I, I hope. You know, I mean, that's not my point in doing it. My point in doing it is when no, getting really intimately acquainted with these energies. You know, you got the seven ancient planets, right? And then you add the three more, you got ten now on app. You know, however you want to look at it. Well, let's just do base seven because I really like that anyway. Um, it's, it's the ancient number of planet seven, your personal planet. Now, in modern astro- astrology, they refer to those same seven. At you'll see the term on different, you know, websites. It'll say personal planets instead of ancient planets. Okay, and so the you got the seven, and they correspond to other things dealing with seven, like days of the week, right? You got the seven uh, modern or ancient planets that correspond to. Uh, colors, different colors, 
gemstones and flowers. If you notice, everybody has a birthstone, right? And so um, they also clearly correspond to these uh, constellations or zodiac signs. It's 12 of those. So we're, we're going somewhere here with these numbers. And for those that have eyes to see, you'll, you'll begin to see the pattern in it all, the beauty in it all, the story in it all, and it'll all just kind of make sense. That's why I really don't feel like it's even with my mama's babies. They'll get on the line and teach me something just because they offer that alternate perspective coming from their own experience living life as a whatever sun sign they have or whatever ascendant sign they have or whatever planetary configurations they have, you know, uh, the triple stellium is the trick, you know, that's a potent energy there when you have a, a stellium, a, um, a triple conjunction. is um, You can have a quadruple conjunction, but uh, it's in general termed a stellium, a stellium of planets or energy in a particular area of space. And what that will denote is a very intense, strong expression of that energy from these different planetary perspectives. And so it's a beautiful thing. People love hearing hearing about themselves and and, and uh, how they play out in the story, so to speak, how these energies in their chart plays out in the astrological context. So it's 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 been a blast. Um, I'm just taking a week break unless you know I find out something else is happening. Uh, but I'll be back. It'll be quite different once again. Uh, the point you can clearly tell by today's show so far, the point will not be to get through all of this information. That's why I'm pointing your um, attention in the direction of the episode information. It, it pretty much has everything you need. If you need to contact me, I got you. One click access to me via email, right? All in the episode information. If you welled up in your heart with just overwhelming appreciation for my Divine Press Radio Network, then we got the Astro Love gift. And even if you can't click and give an Astro Love gift, if you would just stop and say a prayer of blessing and appreciation, uh, I'll take those Astro Love gifts as well. You see right beneath that, I am still doing the um, March 2016 Eclipse packages, the the requests. I told you last week it was flying off the shelves. The, the requests are still coming in, and I have a feeling with this full moon, a full moon, right? The full moon, lunar, penumbral, eclipse, and Libra is um, any full moon is a time of manifestation. It's a time of culmination. It's a time of illumination, the light shining right on or, or uh, revealing something. You know, things are revealed at full moons. A lot of women uh, give birth at full moons or uh, so, you know, there's a revealing uh, tone to it. So with that being said, you know what, I really want to jump into it because I want to make sure I don't miss y'all. Um, I didn't get to last week's day, um, and I hope I didn't just cut off a, a point there. Get with me. I mean, I, we can talk, we can chat it up about how this, Full moon. It's on my mind because, I, like I said, I was looking at my chart earlier. But I've been, of course, um, talking to people about theirs, and it pays to know know where to look out for your illumination coming from your culmination, your manifestation, knowing which direction to expect it to come through, and then working with that energy, getting getting it on the high end of the energy, making sure you don't 
caught up in some old, ooh, this Saturn Neptune square, y'all. If any of my astrologers out there, I got one mama's baby. Now I got two mama's babies. They be real. They they be watching like me. They some watchers like me. They be watching them planets and seeing how they do. Now that you know we're so, uh, we have this once again astrological context put around with this uh, campaign. You know what I mean? Saturn is the structure, right? The political structure, the governmental structure. And so you see, you watching this stuff play out like that stuff. And then you got Saturn, which is the structure, squaring Neptune, which is the, well, deception <laughs> and the illusion. So, and the square is the challenge. It's, 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 we turn in a corner. I say that all the time. So yeah, you you know you put you start to be able to put a lot of this stuff together, and that's how astrology is under the umbrella of Aquarius, and how Aquarius uh, uh, Aquarius is ruled by the planet Uranus. Uranus rules the eleventh house, and and the, all these things Aquarius, Uranus, and eleventh house are associated with astrology, associated with the age of Aquarius. They're all associated with the future. They're all associated with the rebel or rebellion. They're all associated with um, freedom, okay? Breakthroughs, breaking away. And so, once again, when you're able to learn the fundamentals um, of astrology, if you're not adept like a couple of my mama's babies really are, shout out the L.A. and D-Dub, what's up, Holly Shaw, this week coming up. I'm skipping the show next week to take a break. Any uh, consultations on the calendar, of course, we will, we will talk, of course. And so, um, but it, it, it's, it's really beautiful when you start to learn some of these concepts, and that's why I'm here, because it didn't take me that long. Brother Anku will tell you. And, you know, once you get on it, no stopping where you can take it, you know, in your own personal life, if you want to uh, take, uh, you know, if, if Aquarius here in this 11th house is the sign and energy of invention. So, I mean, you know, George Washington Carver, I say, I done said his name on this show a few times. So <laughs> that energy is just, uh, it's, it's time to break through and break out, okay? I stopped last week on um uh, the sun entering Aries, does the very, I didn't get to the very topic that I wanted to regarding the title of the show. So I meant to start the show out with that today. And I guess you could say we're starting here about uh, 15 minutes in. So y'all excuse my longer than usual introduction. Um, I didn't play an intro. All right. So there's some information and I didn't. The source. Oh, yes, I did. Okay, EarthSky.org uh, had some information on this being the earliest spring of our lives so far. Let me give you all the date: Saturday, March nineteenth, eleven thirty p.m. Central Standard Time. The sun enters Aries. The zodiac cycle closes out at the very last degree of Pisces, the very last day of Pisces, and it ushers in brand new zodiac cycle, a brand new spring season, a brand new um month, Aries month, right? And and just a whole lot of fresh 
new beginning energy coming with us into the weekend here. Saturday, March the 19th. Today is Wednesday the 16th. So um, it all has to do with uh, the leap year stuff. (laughs) You know, we just had daylight savings, and so everybody's really feeling the shift with having, uh, with us having sprung forward if you live in an area that uh, uh, follows that, um, I don't even know what to call it, but it, a construct, okay? Uh, I know I know for a fact that everyone doesn't, so I just wanted to acknowledge that. Um, it's, uh, you may hear it referred to as the vernal equinox. The sun is crossing the celestial equator on its way north along the elliptic, okay? It's not like these rotations aren't happening in a perfect circle, like with the compass, and it's just perfectly even circle all the way around. It's happening on an elliptical, very narrow at, at a certain point, and then 90 degrees away from that, it's at its widest, and that is what an elliptical kind of looks like if you could picture what I just said. And so... um it's the equinox. It's equal night. It's a, it comes from a Latin word, and it's equal night. And so uh, the sun is rising exactly in the east and setting exactly in the west. It's like the perfect balance, you know? And it's interesting that these um, equinoxes, this is just now coming to me, but this is kind of how it flows, um, that they happen in Aries. If one is here in Aries, setting off Aries season, guess what? Just like in your natal chart when, I, when we're on the phone consulting, um, it's directly opposite any sign is that complementary sign. Directly opposite Aries is Libra. So when we have the fall equinox six months from now in September, then it will be ushering in Libra season. Aries represents the first house directly opposite that, and Libra is represented by the seventh house. These houses have a relationship called the opposition, okay? The same relationship a full moon has, i.e. the full moon lunar eclipse coming up here uh, in Libra on the 23rd, okay? So um, equinox is the same idea or the same relationship. Okay, equal um, night. And so I won't go into too much more of that. I want to keep it moving. I do have some horoscopes for you guys. Uh, You know, I always want to point out those that are dealing with a particular transit, like visiting, moving into, ingressing, you'll see it termed as well, ingressing into Aries, okay, this new area of space, Um, not new as I, I try to be real particular because some people are sticklers, but hopefully I'm coming across loud and clear. So for Aries, of course, any time it's happening in a, an event, a transit is happening in a particular sign, that sign is experiencing it from the perspective of it being in their house, their first house, their house, their house of self, their house of their identity, their house of how they come across the others their house of their appearance, okay? So Aries is, um, the sun is shining on Aries from that perspective of the self. It's it's time to shine, their time in the sun, however you want to term it. And so, of course, in advance, ahead of time to all my Aries that I know and respect and love, much respect to the very first sign 
So y'all y'all know y'all every time I talk about Aries, what do I say? They stay they stay ready and they stay ready to go. It's something like that I usually say. Y'all probably know better than me. But um happy birthday in advance from Mama Dada to y'all with love, okay? So um for my Aries, you can and of course these are coming from the Dark Sixty Astrology. Um, you can begin Aries to emerge from the shadows because it's your time to shine, feeling more comfortable in the spotlight. You can focus on the new projects, ventures, and journeys you want to embark on, and they can be ones that aren't only a focus for now, but for the next year of your life. Because you're Aries, um, and and for those uh, that don't know, I didn't realize that that wasn't as common of knowledge as I thought it might be. Um, I, I tend to think I'm late finding stuff out, but it's just other people that didn't know about the, the the magic of the solar return, what we commonly would call a birthday. Um, astrologically speaking, there is an exact time, and it may not be on the date that you consider your birthday. It would possibly and potentially be a day before or after. But... Um, your solar return is an event, <laughs> and so therefore it it has a chart, and so there's an exact time that it corresponds to, and so um, there, there's 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 a bang a blissing in making sure that that very sensitive time in the 24 hours preceding that exact time and the 24 hours after it that you are. Planting the seeds for your year ahead that you want to experience as ongoing themes, just kind of like what's the sensitive area around these eclipses and why I've been, uh, you know, everybody's been wanting these packages because they want to know what is, what should I, what could I expect astrologically? And I'm giving you reports with it. So that way for the next six months, for however long you want to keep that information, you can reference exactly, precisely what to what degree within what orb, <laughs> you know, an and actual transit is happening to your particular natal planet or point. And these things have significance not only from now, from now to six months from now, and not only the ones that are wrapping up now that began six months ago, but themes within even a larger context than that. You'll see here when I talk about the lunar eclipse and give some horoscopes for that, uh, how how things uh, revolving around this Libra full moon uh, can be referenced to what was going on three years ago when these um, uh, particular events were happening in Libra specifically for the past three years. Okay, so... Uh, um, Libra, uh, I mean, Aries, to, to top y'all off, your energy, enthusiasm, and drive can increase. You may know this area, um, and that's right up y'all's alley anyway. But there's some other things going on, Aries, I'll talk to y'all about later, like Mars retrograde, y'all's ruling planet. Mars is going retrograde. It's been in the retrograde zone for a while now, okay? So it's going retrograde through Sag, through back through Scorpio, and and you know I got a few heads up for y'all that y'all may want to consider, even though it is y'all birthday. Get y'all shine on, spotlights on y'all. Don't let me take none of y'all shine. I can't. It's impossible. 
but I want to give y'all a heads up in case you're curious about some really critical things your ruling planet is doing, okay? And so your energy enthusiasm drive increasing. You may want to focus on your on own wants and needs, and you can come across friendlier, warmer, and prouder as you should be. Libra, y'all coming up, uh, of course, if, there, if the moon is going to, uh, if the sun is in Aries, guess what? The moon is in Libra. And so for y'all, once again, opposite, y'all dealing with this from the, while the sun is in Aries for approximately those 30 days, about, about a month, you, can, you Libra, <laughs> generally speaking, can feel most like yourself when you're with your loved ones, especially especially one-on-one, okay, and when you have company. You may prefer having company over being alone right now. You can shine when you're with someone else, feeling more energized. If you're single, you can focus on finding a committed partnership with an equal, and if in a relationship, you can work on improving the relationship giving more attention to your partner, or being fairer. You may come across as more charming, just, or grateful, and I'll throw in, you know, diplomatic and more willing to compromise, okay? Uh, these are these are critical points in the chart, the first and the seventh house, the house of self and the house of others. Coming on up in there with another very critical part of the chart that's being emphasized with the sun going through Aries for y'all, and that's that tenth house of what? Life direction goals, okay, uh, elders, mentors, um, authority, the parent, typically the father or paternal energy, right? And so for you, the sun in Aries is going to have you feeling most like yourself when you're achieving those goals, right? Making plans for your goals, being ambitious and moving along your life path, headed in the right direction, Right? You can be more hardworking and disciplined, wanting to do everything you can to achieve success and move on up. What you began six to nine months ago may be coming to a high point. The 10th house is the top spot of that circle, that natal circle, that transit wheel. It's right at the top, 10th house. That's where the sun is shining for y'all, Cancer, okay? Um. So definitely that high point that things could be coming to um, or uh, uh, what you began six to nine months ago may be coming to a high point or being realized now, okay? And you can be rewarded for your responsibility, hard work, and smart decisions. If you've been lazy or irresponsible, we are talking 10th house here. And 10th house corresponds to Saturn corresponds to Capricorn, corresponds to is what you're going to get out of it. No more, no less, and ain't nothing unfair about it. It's all fair because it's all you, us, what we have done and the work we put in. And so if we have uh, cancer, if you've been lazy or irresponsible, you can experience setbacks and delays. You may come across as more practical, responsible, or mature. I bet you when your Karma start coming in, <laughs> you know, it's a real trigger to get serious. All these Saturnian influences, Cancer, I'm, I'm helping y'all out with this energy. All these Saturnian influences are coming to the fore. What's going to make you get more serious? What's going to make you mature? 
what's going to make you more responsible. If you think about it on the front end and be proactive with it, the energy of Saturn don't have to come along and tap that butt, okay? Start now, Cancer, today, uh, building you up some good karma. Do some somebody, do something for yourself first and foremost. And then and then, you know, be be a blessing to somebody and start building up some good karma if you uh in if you find if you see yourself manifesting some, you know, I told you so's or some, you know, um what goes around comes around type stuff and it ain't what you want it to come back around to you. Uh all right, Capricorn, the very sign of Saturn and the tenth house. Y'all got another critical area being highlighted for y'all. We've covered the first, seventh, and tenth houses. That's self, others, and life direction. And now we're covering the fourth house with Capricorn. Capricorn, you're experiencing fun and airy through the area, home, family, and feel most like yourself when you are at home or in the places most familiar to you or with family or the people you think of as family. When you're comfortable and feel supported, you can feel free to be yourself and shine. You can give support and encouragement as well to the people you feel support you. This can be a good time to start from the ground up with something you'll reach the top to within about six months. You may come across as more emotional, nurturing, or understanding. So y'all see how that played out, Capricorn? You're in the position where cancer was six months ago. Cancer now, like I just said, with things activating, Sun and Aries activating their 10th house, they are reaping karma, 10th house Saturn, what they started six months ago, where you are right now. So take a, take a, take cancer, Capricorns, I want y'all to take note of the cancers around you. and with that being the energy of the mother or women, if you're a Capricorn male especially, take take note of the women in your life, the mothers in your life. And uh, once again, I'm just I'm just a stickler for that good karma because it plays out in so many different ways. Um, but I, I've consulted with enough Capricorns and Cancers that I kind of get get what's going on, and I just encourage you guys to just aim high. Aim high in everything you say. Aim high in everything you do. Aim high in your thoughts that nobody can hear unless you're a clear audience and can hear other people's thoughts. Um, But aim high, aim high, aim high, and you will be the better for it because it's all going to come back now once you can clearly see these cycles playing out. You know it all comes back. You know that every action has a reaction. You know that seeds that you're sowing now are going to harvest. It's harvest time. It's a harvest of sorts here next week on the 23rd. That's why I want to hurry up and get to these <laughs> lunar eclipse horoscopes. So uh, moving on to Leo, uh, ninth house. You can definitely, while the sun is in Aries, your sister sign, another fire sign, Leo, um, you're going to feel most like yourself when you have the freedom you need to do what you want without anyone around to hold you back or fence you in. Ninth house is the house of Sagittarius, okay? You can't fence us in. (laughs) So, Leo, you're going to be feeling real Sagittarius um, here for about about a month, and you can feel more adventurous and want to get out into the world, explore, and have new experiences. It can be a good time for learning new things, picking up new languages, 
travel and being bold. You may come across as more gregarious, playful, funny, optimistic, or open, okay? Humorous. It's humorous. Speaking of Sagittarius, Sagittarius, y'all are experiencing sun in Aries through the Leo house or the fifth house, okay? So y'all y'all trade in places. You're going to feel a little Leo for the next month. Your sister sign anyway. So you can feel most like yourself when you're focusing on creative project ventures or spending time on your hobbies. You want to have fun, and you want to be with the people you find fun who make you laugh and can show you a good time. You can be more romantic, and if single, you can find it easier to meet new people. While if attached, you can inject more romance into the relationship. So Sagittarius is the uh, fifth house is the house of fun. So Sagittarius, if it feels like it's your birthday, like I said, it's a sister sign, so all the fire signs, Sagittarius, Leo, Aries, it, it, y'all are sharing this energy because there's this easy flow, 120 degrees separating all three of you, okay? And so moving on, Aquarius, you can feel most like yourself when you're using your mind and challenging yourself mentally. We're talking third house, Gemini house, the Mercury, a Mercury house, because Virgo would be another Mercury ruled house. But um, which is the sixth house. But Aquarius, you're getting this uh, Aries, sun and Aries energy from your third, and so you can enjoy tasks and projects that stimulate your mind, mental Mercury. Remember I said Mercury. And get you thinking. You can enjoy tasks and projects that get you thinking. You can connect with others mentally as well and feel more sociable, enjoying the company of others for the mental stimulation they provide. You may come across as more logical, analytical, or talkative. Aquarius, I believe I have a heads up on y'all, too. I don't believe it's in association with the full moon eclipse, but we'll see as the show goes on. Just, you know, remember, I'm sure. Gemini, uh, you're getting in on this from the 11th house. You and Aquarius are switching places. Aquarius is, is experiencing this next month like a, a Gemini. And Gemini, you're experiencing like it like an Aquarius, and y'all are related anyway. Uh, Mercury, the higher octave of Mercury is Uranus. Uranus rules Aquarius. Mercury rules Gemini. So it should. My Aquariuses and Gemini should be in very familiar territory, just from a different perspective. So uh, Gemini's, you can feel most like yourself when you're with your friends in a group, making a contribution going outside of your comfort zone, Gemini, or focus on your dreams for your future. You can give your friends or the groups you belong to more of your attention or take on a leadership role in a group or with a cause you're championing. You can venture outside of your comfort zone and embrace what makes you different and unique. Your future can be more important to you, and you can take advantage of opportunities presented to you your dream someday. You may come across as more inventive, original, or quirky. Um, I don't see any hands up, but I do see y'all on the line listening. I just wanted to check in just in case, but usually this is when people call in what I tell them to listen out for, because although these are horoscopes that are very general, you absolutely cannot take a general horoscope all the way to the bank the general energies likely are to be felt, whether it is your sun 
signs, whether it is your ascendant sign, and for uh, women, whether it is your moon sign. I encourage you to listen to all three. The moon is going to give you um, the energy more from how you're experiencing this energy on an emotional level, right? How you're processing, what filter you're processing your emotions through. With the sun, it's more the filter you're processing how you're going to be expressing yourself, your, your will, what you will and won't do through, okay? And with the ascendant, that is the thing, that is the point. It's not a planet, it's the point. Um, and the sun and the moon technically aren't planets. They're considered luminaries. Um, but the ascendant is neither. It's, it's a point called, and, and it, it's a mathematical calculate, mathematically calculated point, and that's why the time of birth is needed because it, it's exact, like a point. And so um, this particular point is going to denote more of what, to, what filter things could actually be happening to your physical body through because this is how you're coming across and how you appear to everyone else, your body. So um, when I, I know that when I first found out about my ascendant, which clearly is not my sun sign, um, <laughs> I say clearly like y'all know that. Excuse me, guys. Hold on one quick second. Let me get a drink of water. I'll be right back. I know that's not good to have dead air, but I didn't want to start a song just so I could drink some water. But um, I know when I found out about the ascendant and started reading my horoscope for it, I mean, it really opened my eyes. And because it does represent the physical body, how you come across the others, um, it really, uh, hold on one second, guys. I'm getting it together over here, y'all. I'm I'm muting this week because I just I know I've been coughing all on the air, y'all. That just is not right. I don't care how you, you want to cut it. I I know on uh if I was in a, a real radio studio, they would be able to give me a little button for that. But here over here, I got the mute button. Okay. So um, I was saying all that today. Listen, find out what your ascendant sign is for free. You can go to dang near any astrology site. And look up, put in, uh, if you know your birth time, put it in, find out where all your stuff is, not just your ascendant. But with that time, you can find out so many um, interesting things about yourself. And if you would like to talk to a practicing astrologer about it, please don't hesitate to contact me. I couldn't even warn y'all that time. We must be getting to about an hour. Yeah, we're about 20 minutes away from the hour at the halfway point. And so that's about how long the consults are. And I've been doing pretty good in my consults. But once again, these changing seasons, they change in me. You know, I encourage everybody to detox um, when the seasons change. That's just a really good idea anyway when the seasons are changing, um, just to change with the change. Once again, y'all heard me saying shows ago, go with the flow. Accept it, let go, whatever you need to let go. This is the season for letting go anyway with all these cycles wrapping up. And so um, go with the flow. Let let go, surrender, accept whatever needs 
that that Piscean, that Neptunian, that 12th house lesson were still in pipe ocean of the spirit, of the imagination, of dreams. I mean, I could go on and on, but I really want to get y'all these lunar eclipse horoscopes, so let me keep going. Um, Pisces, second house. You can feel most like yourself when the sun's in Aries, when you're taking it easy, staying calm, and steady, all right, Pisces? Not rushing into anything. You can take your time. The sun has will have just been in your sign, okay, Pisces? We're just wrapping up Pisces season, and it's going to slow down, you know, really it's going to come to a, a, an abrupt kind of halt on you, and, or it's going to feel like that anyway. So take your time, and you'll feel better when you're able to go at your own pace. So this can be a good time to focus on your finances. I know Pisces, y'all are a mutable sign, and y'all are experiencing sun and Aries to a fixed house. Again, y'all used to go in with the flow, but while you're at this in this more fixed territory, or experiencing the sun through that territory. I want y'all to take time to focus on your finances. New financial opportunities can come to you uh, that you want to work on now or for the next year you may come across as more reliable, grounded, or practical. I know Aries is looking real good for y'all. The second house is a money house, too. That's in personal finances. That's those talents, okay? That's what you value. So get in where you fit in because guess what? It's raining. It's raining. Excuse me, y'all. All All right, Taurus, um, the sun in Aries, that sign uh, before yours, it's going through the houses before the first house. That's the 12th house, and that's a Neptune house. Come on, that's a Pisces house. So, Taurus. You can feel most like yourself when you're on your own, away from demanding people, and take time to rest, Taurus. Y'all know about being comfortable for the most part, so go with that feeling, Taurus. You may need a, you may need extra time to rest, easily drained or run down. People can be extra draining on you, especially physically, and you can be more tired overall. You can be more intuitive and try to connect with your soul. You may come across as more compassionate, empathic, so have fun towards a lot of energy. I know the sun's moving into Aries, y'all, but it's a lot of energy still going to be in Pisces, okay? And so... But I'm pretty sure it's Still Mercury in Pisces, uh, Venus just came into Pisces, Neptune is in Pisces, and Chiron's in Pisces. So, excuse <coughs> me. And the sun, yeah, because it's moving out. That was the last one. So, yeah, uh, if that energy is still alive and well towards, and you can still maximize those benefits because, again, we have the solar new moon eclipse in Pisces, and so that energy is going to be here for a while, even when no more planets, well, Neptune will still be there, Chiron likes will still be there, but even when Mercury and Venus get out and Mars get through retrograding and go through, and well, that'll be a while, because I'll talk to y'all about this retrograde in a minute, but uh, it's, it's still a good time to have uh, some stuff going through that energy, Taurus, so max out, okay, I just want to Virgo, 
sun in Aries is going through your eighth house. You can be more serious. Eighth house is the house of Pluto, Scorpio. And so you can come across as more serious, Virgo, um, more focused on serious matters. You can tackle projects, ventures, and tasks that require a more thorough and intense kind of researching type of focus, okay? And you can work on anything mutually beneficial with a partner. Eighth house is the house of others, but you bring in the resources and the finance. It's not like the seventh house. You bring in shared resources. Okay? That's why it's the house of intimacy. You, you can... You can <laughs> You can do business with some people, you know, on a, like an energetic level, but when you're sharing resources and and because it's like a deeper sexuality is here, it's not like the Mars, Aries sexuality, but it's, it's Pluto, eighth house, Scorpio is the higher octave of Mars, Aries, the first house. So it's everything Mars, Aries in the first house is <laughs> to the nth degree. Um, so, Virgo, that's the area you're dealing with right here, um, especially if it's something professional or financial with a partner, and that's being highlighted. It can be over here over the next month, Virgo, a good time to deal with other people's money, taxes. Yeah, if you haven't got your taxes done, Virgo, your taxes done, debt, loans, inheritances, joint finances, you can work on making a trans- transformation of something in your life or of yourself for the better. You may come across as more magnetic, secretive. Scorpio, you're going to switch with Virgo, and y'all are going to be filtering this sun and Aries energy through the perspective and lens of the Virgo house, sixth house, um, the house of work and health, okay, your daily routine, Scorpio. And you can feel most like yourself when you're working and getting things done being productive and efficient with your time and energy and focused on the little things, okay? It's, it's a detail-oriented energy, Scorpio, and y'all want to go deep anyway, so enjoy. You can get, you can give more of your time to work and you want to feel useful. You can also focus on your health and try to have a healthier lifestyle and better routine for your mind and body. You may come across more practical, hard-working, or focused. Okay. Done with that. Check in on the phone line real quick. Okay, everybody's still just listening intently. I know waiting on this <clears throat> lunar eclipse horoscope, y'all say it's going to affect the next six months, probably up to a year, Mama Dada. Why you ain't already talked about it? The sun go, uh, going into Aries really is a significant thing. I'm glad I went ahead and read all the horoscope. What that is doing, it's doing many things energetically, but one of the things it's doing, it is triggering that Mars in the retrograde zone, right? And so let me just keep it moving. Uh, the, the transits that I would have read in order, you'll see on the list in the episode information, I'm going to talk about those, just not in order, because I'm going to talk about them through the lens of these more overarching transits that are holding the, the, the most weight, like this uh, lunar full moon eclipse I'm about to get into. Mercury does enter Aries Monday the 21st, 7, 19 p.m. Central Time, um, and that's significant. Mercury is significant in this um, full moon lunar eclipse, so I'll... I'll Come back to that if I get time. Uh, in the meantime, clearly, if y'all want to contact me, again, look up in the episode information. One-click access to me, 
and we can work it out. Even if I'm just come on, I'm reasonable. Just let's talk. It's all about the. It's all about mastering your destiny with me. That's my primary focus for myself, and because it's a primary focus for myself, it puts me in a really powerful position to assist others in those efforts. So if it's also mastering your destiny-ish, fuck with me. Hit me up, okay? Um, Let's hop to it. Wednesday, Penumbra Lunar Eclipse. March 23rd, 7.01 a.m. Central Standard Time. The sun at 3 degrees and 17-minute Aries in direct opposition to the moon at 3 degrees and 17 minutes Libra, okay? And this bit of information is coming from Astrology King. Um, shout out to the Astrology King. After I, I told y'all I made a donation to the site the other day, I said I'm getting all this really excellent information from this site. Let me give them a shout out, and I went on ahead and gave them a donation as well. Um, I encourage you, just like the Astro Love gift here uh, for the Mama Dada Astrology Show, if you are, you know, appreciating, benefiting from, you know, don't rate or pillage. Well, that has a karma associated with it as well, and I haven't been the best at it, so I'm definitely not coming at y'all from a standpoint of judgment. I'm coming at y'all from a standpoint of experience. And now that I am experiencing a lot of these things from a a, a more knowledgeable position, I do understand how these cycles are kind of working. So it's like, yeah, it benefits me in the long run. So for the second it takes to say, Thank you to somebody for the second it takes to whatever these little little opportunities to rack up karma points, <laughs> you know, as they present themselves. Uh, you know, it will behoove you to take full advantage of it. It'll only come back in the end to really uh, bless you when you need it most. Okay, I'm go. I'm gonna go in, y'all. I'm about to take a swig. Hold on. All right. Anybody got time for allergies? I'm going to find allergies, the the archetype for allergies in astrology, and just master that while I'm at it. Okay. So once again, I told you all about the full moon and how the full moon talks about relationships, okay? Where you, you're here at or around the 23rd. You can look for it early like many other energies, um, so maybe around the 20th, 21st, depending on your chart, depending on your my particular chart, <laughs> Stuff be coming early for me, so you know I be I I have to look out for stuff early because I've observed. You see that in the uh, episode information, we're making observations, and I have observed <laughs> more times than not things uh, energies show up early for me personally. <clears throat> so get to know yourself. That's one of my other tenets: to know yourself, know thyself astrologically, and this might mess around and blister your life, okay? So there's a relationship going on here at the full moon, uh, solar eclipse, and it's harvest time, okay? Um, We're looking at things you started at the solar new moon eclipse on the 8th of March. We're looking at things on the long term that was started six months ago at the new moon in Libra, okay, to come to fruition, to culminate, 
to manifest, to show themselves, to illuminate, to light up for us, for us to look at them from the, that 180. If you talk about long term, six months ago, we're looking at things from the opposition that's 180 degrees away. We're, we're doing an about face and looking at where we were six months ago, like, hmm, how did I do? <clears throat> okay? Same thing with the two weeks on the short term. Uh, two weeks ago, it was a really new energy, that new moon energy. It was a dark moon, and um, it, it was a good time around that time, a little before that time, depending on when you personally plant. But it was a good time to plant some seeds of intention for two weeks from that point, which is showing up on the 23rd, or six months down the line, which will be showing up at the full moon, new moon in life. Um, at the next eclipse, okay? So that's what time it is here coming up on the 23rd. Um, when you've got the sun opposite moon like that, then these qualities of emotions and instincts reach their peak, okay? That's why you got the lunatics, the loonies, the crazies of the full moon and all that stuff. Emotions and instincts are at their peak around this time. And so an objective and balanced look at personal relationships is possible, okay? Getting illuminated. And when things are illuminated, we're able to be more objective and balanced in our approach to these personal relationships, be it with ourselves or others. So being in touch with our own needs and intentions, come on, and those of others, we can clearly see any relationship imbalances causing disharmony. Um, with the lunar eclipse in particular, um, it's kind of like a resetting of emotions, clearing away the emotional baggage of the previous six months. So everything's coming online to be illuminated for us taking more balanced and objective looks at them, any imbalances causing disharmony. Now, what you going to do when you can actually see what's causing the imbalance and the disharmony? That's the question of March 23rd here coming up next week. Now, what, what what's coloring that question? Within what context is that question being asked? Let me continue, okay? Um, They say that the horoscope or the chart, like I said, that exact point in time <clears throat> of this lunar eclipse is like a snapshot, okay? Old way of doing photography, it takes time to develop, hence that six months or even up to a year, okay, depending on what's going on and within what other cycles you personally may be going through. Uh, so this lunar eclipse is going to remain active definitely through that period of time, of at least definitely the six months. Um, now, the opposition aspect within itself, I always reference the tug of war. Brother, I got that from Brother Ampoo's either the tug of war or the perfect balance. Shout, shout out. I got to stop and do it. I shouted him out at the beginning of the show, y'all. But if you did not get in on the inner peace, the introduction to inner peace class. I got my pink candle lit up now. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing to 
be on this platform doing a show that's ahead of time. And like I said, within the context of my own personal chart, I tend to be ahead of time. But Brother Ampu, what was he? Because the, the, the introduction to Inner Peace course, it was, all, it was on the website. They made all the announcements. I, I think there was a good amount of us that ended up participating. Uh, definitely some people from other countries participating. It, it, it has been and continues to be a beautiful experience as I am still uh, enjoying all of the practices uh, that were introduced to us throughout the duration of the class. Um, but he was so ahead of his time because it was Valentine's Day when the first class was, and that's already a day where the energy, depending on what you're going through, the energy can be a little you know, here or there, touch and go. I happen to have had a beautiful, wonderful Valentine's Day in addition to the class starting. So that was truly a blessing to experience that from. But, hey, horrible Valentine's Days haven't missed me. And so it totally could have gone a whole other direction. And But either way it could have gone, um, that, that class, Whew, it it is it, inner peace, y'all. It sounds real simple. It's just two little simple words. But boy, 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 uh, living your daily life in and out from a place of conscious, a conscious place of peace, of love, of of putting yourself first, of, of divine harmony. It's it's just. Some old crazy crackhead stuff like getting kicked out of somewhere can happen, and you can still manage, you know, with some simple reminder, visual reminders like pink candles. Who would have thought anything about pink candles? But just the energy of these simple visual reminders because we are these kind of creatures that correspond to these some commercials are so effective and, and, and propagandized music and other Visual events are so effective. It's, it's a lot, y'all. It's a lot. It's beautiful. So beautiful. So I encourage y'all, when y'all hear the information coming through, definitely on the Podstrology Coast Radio Network about the next um, uh, inner peace opportunity. Uh, that's Brother Ampu, another Brother Ampu's baby, is the Inner Peace Lighthouse, the first book um, coming out of the Inner Peace Lighthouse. Um, uh, you can see in my very slideshow, almost every show, this is my astrology coach, no matter what, <laughs> no matter what, and you'll be really, if not right on, and I'm, you know, I know right on, but, you know, even if you disagree, you're going to be in the you're gonna be in the ballpark whether you want to admit it or not, and I know you feel it, I know you um, feel the love, and I know that we appreciate it, we all appreciate it, um, my child is to be well. So I hope y'all, I know y'all didn't mind me taking a second to shout them out again. Um, the emotional bias uh, that could be associated, that, that is suggest, suggested with the opposition of the sun and the moon in this full moon lunar eclipse, uh, polarized thinking, okay? and communication imbalance because you've got an energy in one area and an energy in another area as opposed to them being the same area like they were a couple weeks ago, okay? Uh, 
okay? So this is being played out not just in the sky, in us, in our lives, in our relationships. So this can also apply to our own thought processes and style of communication uh, to relationship dynamics and also to debates and negotiations between groups of people. You may see it play out on a larger scale than just you and one other person, um, or even it could play out outside of you between um, two other groups or two other people. Um, Sun, while it's in Aries, it's going to be conjunct Mercury, and I want y'all to watch out for it, okay? You're going to see this play out in the ways of increased mental activity. And then on your personal chart, you know, watch out. Be aware. Um, it also is going to increase the amount of interaction with others. So thinking, reading, writing, texting, talking, emailing, walking, traveling. Mercury is travel, so walking. Take up more of your time. That's the sun shining a light connected to by way of the conjunction, not right next to, in the same area of space with mental mercury, moving around mercury. So you will be kept busy. We will be kept busy with neighbors and siblings, short trips, paperwork, messages, and conversations. Curiosity makes this a good time for information gathering. Clear self-expression makes this a good time for information sharing. Rational thinking makes this a good time for making decision plans and business deals. Um, Mercury does rule all kinds of trade, okay, like buying and selling and bargaining. You'll see an increase in that kind of activity. So depending on what personal transits you have going on, involving your money, you may want to keep that in mind as well, an increase of this uh, activity. Public debate will be more prominent, okay? This is talking, chatty, mental, communicative mercury being activated by the sun, okay? And so that's the increase in the mental activity as well as um, uh, uh, the public debate. New, more news stories about public transport, communications, infrastructure, and the media itself is ruled by Mercury. So you, we will notice an increase uh, uh, in media probably, uh, uh, I don't know what you call, I forgot what you call them, but just like blast, you know. Watch out for the messages. That's Mercury. Watch out for the increase in messages being shared, given and received, communicated during not only this time. I'm talking to y'all about this within the context of the lunar eclipse. So this is a theme we're going to be watching out for for the next six months to a year. It's significant moon in a full moon eclipse, and Mercury is right there with that sun, then you have to read the next six months in the context of that Mercury being there. It's not so ordinarily full moon lunar eclipse in Libra. It's a full moon lunar eclipse, a number of lunar eclipse in Libra with Mercury conjunct the sun. Not only is Mercury conjuncting the sun, 
But since Mercury is conjuncting the sun and the sun is opposite the moon, Mercury is necessarily opposite the moon. How does that play out, Mama Dada? What does that mean? When the moon is opposite Mercury, it adds feeling and intuition to the unemotional and rational sun, okay, Uh, and Mercury, feeling and intuition to the unemotional sun-Mercury conjunction is being added by the moon. And what this does, this complicates potentially our thought processes, like like decision-making and planning because of scrambled or polarized thinking. Our daily routines and conversations may cause stress and confusion because of emotional bias or simply lack of understanding. Indecision is no more likely when we are forced to make decisions, okay? Um, Your heart or your head with the rational sun or intuitive moon, okay? In a relationship, this opposition may manifest as arguments between the logical man and emotional woman, archetypally speaking, to be the logical woman and the emotional man. Um, In political debates, this moon opposition mercury is mental mercury, communicative mercury, message mercury, in a perfect balance or a tug of war with the moon, emotions, instincts, okay? So this is how it could potentially play out. In political debates, the polarization of ideas will become more extreme and more emotionally charged. With the moon ruling clans, habits, and primal instincts, the moon ruled by cancer, that's land, habits and primal instincts, other influences on your thinking may include uh, a lot of testy subjects that are already heated enough, okay? I'll let y'all use y'all's imagination. But we can try under this influence to spend some quiet time in reflection or chatting with a mentor about or uh, elder authority about some of our inner feelings, the moon, which we sense... uh, which we could be holding back, okay? Impartial mercury sits with the sun. So rational thinking and logic should prevail over our feelings and instincts. This applies to our decision-making, planning, and relationship issues, plotting, that mercury mind is sitting up thinking, okay? So perhaps even common sense will or at least should prevail in, in the political process that could be uh, a benefit of this moon opposition mercury is common sense prevailing over emotionalism. Okay? I'm going to move ahead. I was going to talk about some of the fixed stars and the energies they're giving off, but um, I already referenced the website, so feel free to dig in. Uh, but for the sake of time, I'm going to mention how Mars is playing into it. Like I said, um, the sun having moved into Aries before this lunar eclipse means Mars just got activated, okay? And so Mars is quite significant in the context of this eclipse, and let me tell you how. Mars is sextiling the moon, 
The moon and the sun are in direct opposition, right? They're directly across from each other. The, uh, Mercury is chilling with the sun and it's close to Aries, right? It's still in Pisces, but it's, it's close enough to be considered not the sun here. Um, and the moon is on the other side in Libra. And Mars is sextiling that moon. It's 60 degrees away. Uh, and trining the sun and Mercury 120 degrees away from it. So Mars is touching both in a significant aspect to the sun-Mercury conjunction and, and a, a, a significant, although mildly considered mildly harmonious, aspect to the moon. So it's playing out. It's, it's a player in this whole thing, major player. And so this means that extra initiative, okay, Mars is bringing the initiative, urgency, Mars is not patient. It don't want to wait. It won't early. And a common desire can be utilized to simply bridge the gap between opposing forces. Look at that. Sun and moon in opposition to each other, potentially a tug of war, right? And here's Mars in the most harmonious aspect to the sun-Mercury conjunction, which in and of itself is a, could be an energy to really contend with. It, it, it depends on your chart. If you're real familiar and, and, and uh, move around real easy in mercurial energy, it, it may not be such a big deal, but everybody's not that compatible with that energy. And then, uh, so it's it. Mars is in the most harmonious aspect of the Sun-Mercury conjunction and in a mildly harmonious aspect. I don't like Mars is a major player in this to me. And so they're characterizing it as bridging a gap between opposing forces like that. And and Mars is adding to this uh, lunar eclipse speed and confidence to decision-making and planning. It's also adding passion and sexual attraction to relationships and favors quick romance, okay? If you if you want something to last forever, you would have to add a really Capricornian, Saturnian influence to, to an energy like Aries and Mars, okay? Because it, it's kind of in and out energy. The Mars, we're talking Mars here, the Mars energy, okay? So you'll remember it. I'm... I'm describing it as if it was a person's energy because, you know, it reflects through us all in different ways, of course. So I told you all the moon is sextile in Mars, mildly harmonious. What that's doing is giving a really passionate enthusiasm to work and play, and there is a competitive yet also cooperative nature which makes winning come easy. I'm telling you all, who the thunk Mars would be the freaking a gap, you know, bridge gapper or gap bridger. <laughs> I can't think of which one is right now, right, right now, so I'll just say both. But who could have thought Mars would play that role? Mars is so, you know, impetuous and aggressive and all these other things. But bridging a gap, I would never think of it that way. But when it's, con- when it's connecting these two energies, the sun, Mercury, conjunction, and the moon, the way that it is, by way of trines and sextiles, those trines and sextiles take over. But definitely the trines. 
the sextile, you may have to work for it. Um, the one I'm describing here with the moon sextiling Mars. But when I get to the sunshine Mars, that's going to be real easy to access, okay? should be if you're vibing high. So with the moon sextiling Mars, success and popularity result from a warm attractiveness, which also makes this time ideal for pursuing your stronger-than-usual desires for intimacy. I want y'all to keep everything I'm saying about Mars in the context of already being in the zone, the retrograde zone. Mars, the planet of going super fast, so fast it's ahead of time. It, it, it'll come early on you fast, slowing down. <laughs> it's slowing down for all intents and purposes. When a planet is going to go retrograde, uh, it's considered to slow down, so to speak, and stop at the point when it's stationed. It's going to station here pretty soon, and I believe April. And when it's stationed, it's considered to stop, and then that's when it's considered to go backwards or otherwise known as retrograde until it slows down to stop again, stationing, going back direct, okay? And so keep that in mind. Mars is slowing down. It's about to stop. The planet of fast is about to stop, and it's slowing down now. So when it comes to Mars, Mars-themed activities, Mars keywords, I want y'all to be consciously aware that that energy, the energy corresponding to that keyword like, uh, I don't want to start listing them and not finish my thought, but that energy is slowing down, that basic sexual, primal sexual energy slowing down. If you start or want to start or thinking about starting a sexual relationship with somebody here over the spring and the summer, think twice, slow down. You may want to stop. You may want to back it up. Look at Mars retrograding is only a outward projection of an inward reality. That's why we feel it and experience it, not because these planets and points are so powerful and magical that they really do influence us. And and some people may say it that way. I don't want to say that if you do term it that way that you're wrong. If you want to say they influence us, fine. But you have to be consciously aware to the degree that you are consciously aware that these energies are happening inside of you and these are only projections and reflections of things that are going on inside of you, then you'll begin to understand how somebody like me, a practicing astrologer, can get with a client and be able to really pinpoint these time frames. Look, I got dates. (laughs) You know, I got dates for these cycles within your own personal cycle, your own personal Jupiter. Jupiter return cycle and solar return cycle, the lunar return cycles that we all have every month that characterize and 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 and, and describe our very emotional patterns over the next thirty days in advance. So once again, uh, I'm reading these um, horoscopes about Moon six calling Mars and what that means. And, um, I'm not saying it's wrong. Improving sexual relations with it, with your partner is ex- is very possible under a moon sextile Mars influence. 
that's happening at a lunar eclipse is going to influence the next six months for everybody. Oh, no, I'm not saying it's not going to improve sexual relations with your partner just because Mars is retrograde. What I'm saying is all this stuff is up for review. All this stuff is, all these uh, keywords that influences the energies pertaining to Mars are things we're going to be taking another look at, just like any other retrograde. It's up for review. We're going back over these, this, the same degrees, the same area of space that Mars was going through when it was full speed ahead going direct, and we're going to back the truck up through these degrees, and we're going to take another look at these sexual relations, relationships. We're going to take another look at uh, our drive. Come on, what drives us, our passion. We're going to take another look at the way we're aggressive or potentially violent. We're going to take another look at our physical, the way we choose to spend our physical energy. So um, with that being said, uh, finding a new playmate are real possibilities during the next two. Some of these sites just make me laugh, y'all. Sorry during the next six months. Sun trying, that was moon sextile Mars. That was the mildly harmonious aspect. Now, here's the one that should be real easy to jump off into if you know about it, right? It's the sun trying Mars project, okay? The sun is shining. They're having a really easy flow of energy to what we're doing. So we should be feeling strong and courageous Mars, Aries, is a real brave, courageous energy. It's, like I said, impetuous. It don't need no introduction. It's it's stay ready to go. So this is the energy that the sun is easily accessing for us uh, all over the next six months, and we can use our initiative to get the ball rolling and tackle difficult tasks. Increased sex drive is matched by increased charisma and magnetic charm. The sexy confidence that we'll be oozing is especially attractive, so we should have little trouble having our most passionate desires fulfilled. Uh, When you begin to really understand and break down the spirituality of sexuality and the, the potentiality that is latent in many of us, uh, in our uh, in the ways that we choose to spend energy uh, in the in the very things we choose to put inside of our bodies, <laughs> yeah, all affecting that chi, all affecting that energy, all affecting that sexual energy, that kung fu fu energy, you know, and and the transmutation thereof. Uh, when the energy, when when that drive, when that initiatory energy comes, what we do with it, we'll find here over the next six months, it, it's going to be easy the, the, for the light to shine on that, right? And so for some, that's going to take us straight to, you know, that that's just that energy. Mars is also like a soldier energy, and it, it'll get up and, and make sure it gets, Done. If you need to get something done, you want a Mars energy to stick on it. Uh, for someone, if you know if they're celibate or they they have learned to channel that energy, these they're very creative. Come on, and they they can get a whole lot done, more done in a day than most people get done in a week. Power that we all have access to via the Mars energy inside of us. 
So what once again, what we're spending our energy on here over the next six months is up for review, especially since Mars is, is retrograde. We're taking another look at how we do this thing and 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 what what our most passionate desires fulfilled looks like and what it feels like. It's up for review. So by the time Mars goes direct again, well into the year, I believe it's on around the end uh, and in new territory. But then we'll get to see these life works with our passionate desires manifested and fulfilled. We'll get to... Uh, you know, during the retrograde, we're more evaluating it, you know, going back over it again, you know. But then when it's flying forward again, then it's like, okay, now we can, the things we've seen that we wanted to make adjustments on, now we can move forward with these adjustments, right? Mercury trying Mars. At the full moon, Mercury will also be trining Mars. So that same Mars that's trining the sun, Mercury conjunction. And that sex calling the moon, that Mars bridging that gap, Mercury is trining it. <laughs> okay? <clears throat> and that's going to give increased mental energy and concentration. Okay? We don't have any excuse. <laughs> we got Mercury trining Mars and Mars going retrograde. So I think we all ought to be able to review the way we're choosing to spend this energy of ours. In, in, in a real focused and concentrated way. Uh, maybe, you know, here in April when Mercury goes retrograde again, a little interesting period of time there uh, that it Mercury won't be direct, and so we'll have to deal with things from that angle. But once again, over the next six months, the influence of at least Mercury, the influence of Mercury trining Mars is going to be into play, okay? So quick thinking and decisiveness means that making plans is going to be favored, uh, where being more adventurous and taking risks should actually lead to positive results, especially if you're vibing high. You can back yourself now because of increased confidence. Mars is bringing that bravery and courage um, that are an ideal energy with Mercury trining Mars uh, to share our thoughts um, that we might otherwise keep to ourselves and a perfect time for chatting up when dating. So, um, once again, you got to look at all this stuff within the context of everything else that's going on. Will it be a good time for <coughs> chatting it up while dating? Uh, according to Mercury trining Mars, sure. Uh, but that is Mars retrograding. And here uh, soon, Mercury retrograding. How is this, that color of this influence? Okay? Just pointing it out so you keep that in mind. Don't say the mom's daughter said this and third. Well, I also said this and fourth because I want to paint y'all the most full picture as possible when I'm able to talk to y'all about your own personal charts. Of course, it's extremely easier because I can see clearly how these uh, transits are impacting and where. So, some real quick um, lunar uh, eclipse horoscopes before we get out of here. Uh, about 30 minutes left. shouldn't take that long to get through the horoscope. If I have time left, I will highlight uh, Saturn retrograding. That's significant. I'm going to be out next week, and so 
I want y'all to, my mama's baby, be on it. But if if you are so inclined, especially if you're a Capricorn or Capricorn ascendant, and Saturn literally rules your entire chart and uh, existence here, you know, in this plane anyway, um, in this incarnation, then you're definitely going to be interested to know about what's happening next Friday, 5.01 a.m. Central Time, when Saturn station retrograde at 16 degrees Sagittarius, and it, uh, it is going to go all the way back to 9 degrees Sagittarius, and then we'll get there on August the 13th. Bring it. Yes, I have quite a bit of retrograde. For all of us, when Saturn's going retrograde, just to kind of give you a quick preview. <clears throat> First of all, Saturn is karma. Once again, I've said that already on the show. I like mentioning that because, <laughs> you know, there's certain ones that feel like life can be unfair sometimes. <laughs> and that seed zone, good seed zone, don't quite always see the harvest that you want to see, or at least when you want to see them. But I really always come back around. Just, you know, ask me. I'll tell you about when to expect it. (laughs) But, yeah, everything cycles through. With any planet, once again, just like Mars, just like Mercury, going retrograde, it's going to have this effect of, you know, not being in its full speed ahead, its forward position. And so with Saturn doing that, we may feel a little stalled, right, a little slowed down uh, when it comes to different areas. I wish I had the house numbers I could tell y'all. But it could also play out uh, like slowing down and stalling for a Virgo, for instance, for my Virgos, while Saturn's retrograde here for a, a few months, um, you can become or feel lazier. You know, Virgo is a sign of work, and this is actually, uh, you know, it's happening in your fourth house, but it's not happening in your work house. For Virgo, it's just, it's happening in your house of home and family fourth house. So you could potentially feel lazier with your responsibility. Saturn is the hard work. It's where we get serious, where we, uh, you know, take take our, take our responsibility seriously. Um, and you may be feeling lazier with that, Virgo, when it comes to specifically home family, emotionally, and you could still cut off that Saturn represents boundaries, you could still cut off from your feelings or unable to control them. You you may need more support from others, and um, and you and you need to do right by what you're feeling, honor your feelings. Saturn is the planet of the lesson, the hard work that pays off, but also the life lessons that we're learning along our journey. And so for all of us, we're going to be learning lessons. We're going to have this divine opportunity while Saturn, you know, in this quote-unquote weaker position, uh, being retrograde, so whatever that means to you. I love also that people, y'all are the best interpreters of whatever interpretation I can give you. You're the best one to filter through the lens of your own personal life and how you can max out and max your destiny now that you're armed with this. Okay. For my Aries, the full moon lunar eclipse, of course, is happening opposite um, you, opposite Aries is Libra. And so this is the third and final 
lunar eclipse in Libra. Quite a while. We won't see a, a lunar eclipse in Libra again for a while. So <clears throat> over the last three years, we've um, we've had three of them. <laughs> and so there's another cycle there for us uh, coming to a close. And so for Aries, um, by now, you've probably spent the last few years undergoing changes these last about three years, undergoing changes in your relationships, that seventh house of other, okay, potentially open enemies, our shadow self. I say open enemies, but I say shadow self because um, seventh house is the enemies we know about. Right, twelfth house is the enemies we don't, the hidden enemies. Okay, so that's why I say shadow self. We know about ourselves, right? Sometimes we have to understand and embrace this shadow side of ourselves, but it's there. <laughs> it's easily accessible um, if we don't have too much psychological gunk covering it up. Um, there's times too whether we want them to or not. So Aries didn't mean to go off there, but I just wanted to make a distinction about this particular house of enemies. But clearly, I don't want to call this. Clearly, Libra, seventh house, is the house of so many beautiful things. It's the Venus house. So I'm just mentioning that because I want to give a fuller context and picture for y'all to look at how these energies could play out through. Um, so changes in relationships, Aries, committing yourself more fully to the people that are positive influences in your life, letting go of the ones who aren't, working on the relationships you want to salvage and still can be saved. You can close the chapter on all of final decisions now here at this full moon next week uh, or in, around, in, in over the course of the next six months, clearly. Um, about what ultimately will come of your relationship. You've also likely been working on trying to be more balanced and measured in your approach to life on being more compromising and fair instead of all or nothing. Trying to out and connect to your equal Libra. Clearly, obviously, I'm sorry, y'all. I was saying, uh, when I first got on the show, I think I was saying it was like actually or some word all the time that one of my friends was with because I, I I like the I love the feedback. It was I had a lady call me last week and she was so sweet. Cry on the air. No, I cried one time, and I didn't cry for but like a second. I just tears welled up, and you can kind of hear my voice shaking. And she was like, I don't want you to cry on the air anymore. I guess you ain't watching. I'm fire, y'all. I got fire all up in my chart. So it, it's passion. It's not. I don't mind being perceived as weak, but it's that passion that's coming through. And I, it's some, a, a lot of, well, I'm learning now, especially with this inner introduction to inner peace, not to contain it as in suppress it and push it down, but contain it once again as in to harness these energies and channel them more consciously the way I want to be. Libra, um, for you, the last few years, uh, it probably was a trying time, Libra, these lunar eclipses have been happening in your sign, and you've been working with some emotional energy. By now, you should have worked on eliminating things from your life that were no good for you, working hard and smart for what you do want and seeing some rewards for that and moving on to a new phase in your life. September-born Libras can be impacted 
more by this final eclipse, closing the book on these last few years now. And October Libras may feel the energy fading by now. Cancer, uh, for you, fourth house is being highlighted. You're the very core of who you are. And yet, if that's y'all, if y'all, that's the house that Cancer rules anyway, so it should be a familiar energy. For Cancers, you've likely been dealing with the issues of home or family over the last few years, the emotional issues that you're core that have impacted your internal foundation. With this final eclipse, the hard work can begin to wrap up. You can begin to move forward and upward now. You should have a stronger foundation and deeper connection to whatever home and family means to you and made peace with some of the bad memories. Take the final steps now and move on with the positive solar eclipse energy. Okay, Capricorn, y'all messing around in y'all's house as well. and house in great heights and trying to achieve success you've worked hard for or you've uh, been dealing with Falling hard, <laughs> falling hard, <laughs> major setbacks and delays and questioning the path you're on. With this being the final eclipse for you, Capricorn, you can wrap things up if they've gone well. And when I say these um, signs, I mean Capricorn sun, I mean Capricorn moon if you're a woman, and I mean Capricorn ascendant, okay? Um, with this being the final tip, you can wrap things up if they've gone well and set yourself up for continued success moving forward. And if things haven't gone well, you can focus on a new path, direction for you to go in and start a new cycle, okay? Uh, and that's for everybody. With all these energies that are denoting ending, know that inherent in them are beginning. That's why I want y'all to stay high, stay vibrating high, because you don't want to fuck around <laughs> on some old endings-ish and miss out on these new beginnings being stuck in the past. This is the energy of letting go. This is the energy of accepting what is or what has become, and it's the energy of surrender all. Let it all dissolve. Um, Gemini, fifth house, the Libra lunar eclipse for you has been impacting your love life. Oh, my Gemini. And you've likely had to undergo major change in some love relationships, let some people go, and or work to find and or work to find the love for yourself that you deserve. And find the love in everything around you. There's still time to do these things, Gemini, now if you haven't before, and wrap up this energy in your favor. Love should be a positive experience and seen in every part of your life. Aquarius, you've more than likely been dealing with issues related to your Sagittarius house, your ninth house, relating to your beliefs, your ability to expand your life and have new experiences or to learning and opening your mind to the world, okay, issues and with this being the last, for a while, you can go on and settle everything and move on with an open mind, an open soul, and an open heart to the world. Okay, Aquarius, ninth house. Pisces, you're dealing with the lunar eclipse from the eighth house perspective. You've more than likely been dealing with this for the last few years regarding deep transformation. Come on, Pisces, issues. 
and or had some very serious, heavy energy to maneuver through. So with this being the final eclipse, you can close the book and move on with the happy solar eclipse energy. Come on, Pisces. I was shouting y'all out at the beginning of the show. Get it, Pisces. Um, <laughs> solar eclipse energy in your sign over the next six months, Pisces, and helping you to start a new positive journey. Fuck with a Pisces. Yes. Okay. Sagittarius. Um, for you over the last few years, you've more than likely been dealing with blocks and issues related to your dreams, your future, 11th house stuff here, Sag, okay, the world. And with this being the final eclipse, you can wrap things up and learn your final lessons and do the last of the hard work. You should have a better understanding of how you can Contribute, connect, and create the future you've always wanted. Come on, Sag, with the eclipse going through your 11th house of hope, wishes, and dreams. Look around and make a dream come true, Sag. Do it, do it, do it. <laughs> All right, Scorpio, you are dealing with the lunar eclipse going through your 12th house um, uh, issues from the past <laughs> regarding subconscious issues. Come on, this is the Pisces house, both house. Um, things or people you need to let go of. This is the very house of letting go. Come on, Scorpio. This is the house of letting go. Now you can begin the process of moving on. Close it. It's going through your house of letting go during a letting go phase of the moon, during a letting go cycle that started six months ago. Scorpio, we're looking at you to show us how it's done, okay? So um, you're closing the books on all of the difficult emotional stuff, Scorpio, that you've been dealing with, and you should work on gaining greater clarity and understanding of why or how things happen and how you can make life better moving forward without as much of the baggage that you can carry. Yeah, we want to know how to let it go. Show us, please, because y'all got the energy on top of the energy on top of the energy to really uh, lead the charge in letting go and surrendering and accepting and all right Virgo you're dealing with this through the lens of <coughs> having been working on issues that have impacted your self esteem and confidence second house what you value your sense of safety and security and what you value most and be a stronger person after the last couple of years. So you should have also uh, you should also have dealt with financial issues and put yourself on a better financial path, Virgo. Okay, if you haven't worked on these things, you can get started now and try to be more secure in yourself, who you are, and what you have, especially over the course of the next six months, Virgo. Okay, if you haven't been, it's your time to shine. The energy is there for you to shine. Work with it, and, and you could probably make up for some more time. This is Mars retrograde, and we're re taking another look at, um, you know, how we're spending our energy and Saturn being retrograde. So we're taking another look at how we stack up karma. You want six months from now, Virgo, if you want your pockets to be lined, go ahead and get on that, and the energy is there to support you. Rounding it out with Leo and Taurus, Leo. Uh, you got you got this happening going through your third house. You've undergone some mental changes over the last couple of years, few years, Leo. And by now, 
you should have gained greater clarity or control over your thoughts and ideas and figured out the right ways to express yourself and make yourself heard. If you haven't done these things yet, Leo, there's still some time left to tackle them, but don't be late. Holding in what you need to let out only makes things worse later, so work on better expressing yourself. Now, Leo, get it out, God doggy. If you have to write it down, Leo, I want you to write it down. Mercury is mental, and it's fluid. It wants to move. It don't want to be stuck up in your head. Let it out. Talk it out. Express it. Write it. Sing it. Uh, communicate it. Type it. Uh, email it. Text it. Get it out, Leo. This is a, a let it out energy. Rounding it out with Taurus. Um, Taurus, you, go, you got this going through your sixth house, okay? And so... Uh, over the last few years, you've been trying to find, figure out the kind of work you want to be doing or creating the life, the kind of work life you want to have. You want a real connection with what you're doing on a daily basis, and your hard and smart work can definitely pay off. Continue to make good decisions and be responsible, and you can create the kind of work life that you want. This may have also been a time of focusing on health matters for you, okay, Taurus? and trying to get more control over your physical body. Again, good decisions and responsibility go a long way, and you also may have been focused on trying to make a big change in your life daily for the better and can try to create the daily life that you've always wanted. And it's just so interesting that these horoscopes, the energy of this lunar eclipse um, and any uh, full moon, the culmination, the illumination, the the, the things coming uh, into full light so so they can be exposed for our objective observation and, and any potential changes we want to make. And, and, and it reminded me of the Saturn retrograde influence because it's like in the same ways on them, the, these moon cycles are telling that same story. They're teaching us that same life lesson that what you plant at that new moon, be it on the short term, two weeks from then at the full moon, be it on the long term, six months from then at the at the full moon. That that these all these things energetically have significance. And if you know your personal chart, you know what area of space to be putting your uh focus and conscious attention on. Come on, working with the energies that are uh, related to this particular area of life so you can really stimulate that energy the way you want to see it manifest by way of your prayers, meaning just the praying to God every day, be it the BS that come out of your mouth talking to other folks is a prayer that you're going to see a harvest on, trust me, setting up gossiping, setting up talking about I make sure now, if I got the nerve to set up and talk talk about some celebrities, I make sure that I throw in there, you know, what, prayers of well wishes for them. Take all the judgment. I ain't got I ain't got a, a nothing to say about the way people are choosing to live their life. I make you know when we live in the where we live, it's plastered everywhere, so it's kind of hard to miss. So, yeah, I end up talking about it from time to time. But I just make sure I put that that good karma on it. So instead of having sat up here and made 85 judgments about Bobby Christina or whoever, 
that I'm, I'm, you know, praying for life, love, uh, and, and everything else blissful that, that, that comes up at that time on her, her family or whomever it may be. So with that, you guys, I am, I mentioned the Saturday, you know what, how many minutes do I have left? I have a time left, and I'll really give y'all what to look out for for the Saturn retrograde. I think I have just enough time to hook y'all up. Um, everything else, I encourage y'all to check out, contact me about. I love to sit up and talk to people about this kind of stuff, and so I'm doing it. We're doing it. The uh, monthly transit report and consultation service is still live and in full effect. Don't hesitate to one-click access me for more information on that. Um, soon in April, if you can go anything that uh, my astrology folks is putting on or services that we're providing, um, I mean, it just is going to benefit you to hook up and link up. Money is not real. I've noticed, like, with my mama's babies, like, money is not no object. We're not, we don't, we not operating from no poverty mentality, so it's not. First of all, I'm not charging no arm and no leg, and neither are, you know, the other members of the network. I haven't encountered that. I've been a, a proud paying member, even upgraded, uh, of the Astro Network at first, but then the Astro Tarot Network now teaches stuff. And, you know, that comes out every month. I don't even miss What am I going to do? Not have the service? I've had it for a couple of few years now. And I just I can't see myself not having it. Um, it's just a part of, you know, it, it has become woven into the fabric of my life, kind of like when I used to go to church and pay tithes every week, you know what I mean, and, and, and be left, you know, empty and holding an empty bag and being told, just have faith. Hmm. You can't give me nothing factual or concrete. And thus, <laughs> astrology <laughs> came into my life or my awareness where I am able to be precise and right and exact and pinpoint things. So it's been a real, um, oh, rolling, y'all. Aries, you can get a little stalled. I already read Virgo, so we'll if that when we get to it. Aries, you can get a little solved in your pursuit of new experiences and knowledge. You got Saturn constricting, you know, really ca- calling us all to be mature. You in the area of your ninth house, your Sagittarius house, you're having to relearn these Sagittarius lessons karmically. You may have to do more homework and be more committed beforehand um, in order to do the things you want to do and be more responsible with the adventures you try to have, okay? Taurus, you can do your best thinking by yourself and keep more to yourself. You may want some time to where you're ready to present them anymore. Your imagination can soar, and you can have a hard time focusing on facts and figures and the mundane, wanting to get lost in daydreams and fantasies. Gemini, you can have some issues in your, your relationship. You may try to do the right thing by people, but it doesn't quite work out or you feel stalled or lazy when trying to deal with relationship issues. Continue to be responsible with others, right? Cancer, you can feel stalled with the work you're doing, whether by outside forces, setbacks, or laziness. You have to be extra responsible and hardworking. Leo, 
you can feel a little stalled when it comes to your creative energy, and inspiration can be difficult to come by. That's y'all's house, too, Leo. That's a big house, so, you know, you, you're going to feel a little out of your element. I, I, I hate to report. But even if you have it, it can be difficult to do anything with it. You have the inspiration and creative energy. You can be lazy in love as well and have to force yourself to be responsible with loved ones. Virgo, I already hit you up. Libra, you can find it difficult to control. Just to remind you, it's that fourth house of home, Virgo. Libra, you can find it difficult to control your mind and are lazier mentally or just don't do anything with your ideas. Come on, Libra. You can hold back too much, preventing your being heard, so try not to silence yourself too much. Scorpio, you can be lazier with your financial responsibilities, have a harder time saving, or feel way too punched financially, or feel less confident and more insecure. You need to make sure you're not listening to the criticism of others, Scorpio, if they don't have your best interests at heart. Sag, Sagittarius, you can be lazier, more irresponsible or immature <laughs> than we already can be, or struggle with your responsibilities or work. You can be harder on yourself, so try to ease up a little and cut yourself some slack. Capricorn, you can struggle to deal with subconscious issues. So, away, Capricorn, don't let it overwhelm or scare you. You are stronger than you think. Y'all know how to get stuff done, Capricorn. I ain't worried about y'all. And this is, this is y'all's ruling planet, though, right? So it could be really intense, Capricorn. Reach out to, to your focused, loving, practicing astrologer for insight and wisdom on how you can max out on this energy and not feel so overwhelmed or scared, okay? <laughs> Aquarius, you can struggle to make progress with your future dreams or to deal with issues with friends and groups. Y'all know all about this house. Question yourself and your connection to others and the future, but should wait before throwing in the towel. And lastly, Pisces, you can feel lazier with your goals, not wanting to be responsible or do the right thing, and progress can be halted because of it. Try not to let yourself slow down completely, Pisces. Pisces, y'all got so much on the horizon going on. Ultimately, I'm not worried about y'all. Saturn is going retrograde for everybody, okay? And so knowing how this um, energy potential is playing out, you can be more sensitive to yourself going on if you're feeling a little out of your element, if you're feeling a little, you know, wonky, if you're feeling a little not yourself, that no, you're not going crazy. No, you're not necessarily having a midlife crisis. If you're having a Pluto transit, or a Neptune transit, or a Uranus transit, you could be having some sort of age-related crisis. And I can tell you about that if you want to. But typically, you're not necessarily going through a particular crisis. You're just going through a period of time where things governed and ruled by this energy, this planet, are being directly affected. So this is the same Saturn that's retrograde that I talked to you earlier in the show about and how that's playing out over the course of this entire year. So that's why it pays to just check in with your Facebook astrologer from time to time, even if it's a one-time drop-in or a weekly, you know, uh, relationship. Um, I'm here 
I got mad love for y'all. That's why. I, I, it's going to feel so weird not to broadcast next week, but there's it's just, the work will be going on, and y'all will see that reflected in when I come back. So delighted to be here. Double check. Nobody has their hands up. Go ahead and close out. Um, I got uh, the void moon. Let me give you all these void moons, especially if I don't have any time left, because, yeah, Saturday the 19th, we start the week out in a void moon uh, coming up this week ahead. Saturday the 19th, 3.43 p.m. for 20 hours, the moon won't enter Virgo. That's Saturday afternoon, the moon, Central Standard Time, the moon won't enter Virgo until Sunday afternoon, 12.39 p.m. when it goes into Mental Virgo and Earthy Virgo, okay? We're going to feel like getting some stuff done, working, paying attention to our health. Um, that's going to last through Mercury into Aries. Then the uh, moon's going to go void again Monday night. Pay attention. Monday night, 10.55 p.m. Central Time. That's late Monday. Um, goes void. But then Wednesday it does... Uh, Enter Libra, 12.23 a.m. Central Time on Wednesday. While the moon's in Libra, clearly we're having the eclipse then. Jupiter is squaring Saturn then. Um, I was not void during that time. Actively in Libra. Stay late afternoon for 20 hours again. Going void, right? So while it's void, Mercury's trying to Mars. Saturn's going retrograde. Keep that in mind. Y'all know the void moon rules. If you don't, look back to the last show. I got to link up in the episode. Still, got, still void when Venus is Then um, Friday, one uh, the 25th, 1.09 p.m., Friday afternoon, the moon finally enters Scorpio, y'all. And then under the Scorpio moon, we've got Venus squaring Saturn and the sun shining Mars. But y'all got the info. Y'all got the news in the week. See y'all in a couple of weeks. I'll talk to y'all. Stay connected. Hit me up. I love y'all. Peace and stay closely connected to my astrology folks. Okay? Peace. I say.